everyone. Welcome to episode 109. Please stop. I don't like that. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. How funny is today's title? Oh my goodness. As I'm thinking of a catchy title, I'm like, no, I'm just literally going to say the title of what I'm going to talk about. So when I'm planning out different podcasts and planning out different points of value to help you, I try to do a nice mix between the tangible and the intangible of like seeing them as a child of God or a child for the universe, seeing them as their soul, having human experience. That's all well and good. But when you're in the thick of it, it is hard to think of things on cue, on command, on like to have it pull out of your tool belt. So I'm always trying to think of things that worked in the classroom with 20 kids or sometimes 40 or 50 kids if I had two classes at once. So they'll work in your four walls. And one thing that really helped with my first graders was teaching them tangible words that they can use to stand up for themselves and to be assertive. Because you might have some children that are super you know, strong-willed and they don't put up with anything. And then you also have some passive kids too. What the goal is, is to find the Goldilocks balance for our kids and teach them the Goldilocks balance of just like we want to be a calm, assertive pack leader, we want them to be a calm, assertive pack leader in their own life. And we want them to have that assertive energy and not tip over into the bossy Betty and not dip into the weak Willie. Okay, so there's all sorts of kids out there. And sometimes you'll see them with some kids, they'll act one way and then another in another group, they'll act a different way just based on, you know, it might be the age that they're working with. It might be the age of the child. It's just their general temperament that they're born with. It might be the setting versus the playground, indoors, outdoors. So there's a lot of different settings. So we want to teach our kids the balance because the ones who are timid and shy, we always want them to be more outgoing and more standing up for themselves and have a backbone. And then the ones that are strong-willed, we always want them to like chill out a little bit and like not be so bossy Betty. So there is a way And every child has a little bit of both inside of them. And so there is a way to teach our kids that Goldilocks balance. And one thing that really works is giving kids tangible words to say when things are going in a direction they don't like. If you have little, little kids, role-playing is so powerful for kids because it's not so much lecturing where they're going to get defensive and put up their walls and not really listen. And it's like we're Charlie Brown's teacher. Womp, 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 womp. And it's just like, it literally goes in one ear, not the other. And if they're hearing it over and over and if we're always lecturing our kids, then it's kind of like, oh, here she goes again. Or here he goes again. I just have to be quiet during this lecture. I just have to get through it. And they have that like glazed over look while you're talking to them. And a lot of times these talks that we think are so powerful and so meaningful, we think that we're actually getting through to them, but then it happens five minutes later. Believe me, I've been there. With my first graders, with my fifth graders, with my third graders, and with my own kids, sometimes I just get that glazed over look like, okay, here she goes again. And you've been there before where you're so defensive about something that you're just like, okay, can we just get this over with? Can we just like move on? Because you're kind of dragging this out there boss or coach or husband or wife or friend or sister or brother or greedy, greedy grandpappy. So you know that feeling because you've been on the other side of it. Teaching kids 
is not always done directly. Most teaching that we're gonna do with kids is done indirectly. Because when we do that direct talk, straight eye to eye, we call it need to need in our family when we have to have a serious talk, you wanna save those for the big mamas. You don't wanna use those all the time because they will tune you out. And I only know because my kids tune me out sometimes if I do too many knees to knees or we need to talk or let's chat about this or, so you only have a small little window because their walls go up and they get defensive. And that's part of the human experience is just like when someone's coming to you with a criticism or a complaint, or I wish you would do less of this or more of this, or what, we automatically put up our walls. That's just very common. We get defensive, we shut down, we tune out. So it's not like our kids are on the other end going, really mom, wow, that's fascinating that you think I'm not a good listener. Tell me more, I wanna hear so much more about that. Oh, you don't think I should hit my sister? Oh, tell me more, I wanna hear more about that. Oh yes, mommy, everything you say is gold and I hang on your every word. Oh, you think I should eat everything on my plate? Tell me more about that. That's not what's gonna happen. It doesn't happen in my house. It never happened with my students. And I probably can guess it doesn't happen in your house. Even when they're strapped in their seatbelts and they're in the back seat and they can't go anywhere, it's not like they're like, oh really? Wow, tell me more. I wanna evolve and grow. They're just like, no, I hit my brother because he made me mad. They don't have that pause, so to speak. So that's where we can really teach them about that pause. And we can teach them through role-playing with stuffed animals, with puppets. When they're little, like seven and below, they believe in make-believe. So you want to get light and fluffy and you want to get on their level, not on their level as far as knee-to-knee, face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, bending down, sitting on the ground. Not so much that when I mean their level, but you want to get on their level as far as their playful energy, their make-believe energy, the way that everything is just so larger than life and everything's magic and fairies and unicorns and make-believe and quick. You got to be quick with kids because their attention span is about as long as a flea's attention span. Just like I'm 46 and I think my attention span, sometimes I think my kid's attention span is longer than mine. So we don't want to beat them up for having a short attention span. I think that's pretty common that most people have short attention spans. So it doesn't mean something bigger and greater. It just means we have to kind of work a little bit harder to keep their attention. And so role-playing is a great way to do it and also teaching them words to say. Our first graders, the first week of school, we would learn the words, stop, I don't like that. And we would teach them how to say it in a calm, assertive, pack leader energy. We didn't use those words, but we said, we wanna use the Goldilocks voice. We don't wanna be too hot where we're like, stop, I don't like that. And kids love when you act like that. And you act all crazy and silly and wild. So you can do this with the stuffed animals. It's not you're talking to them. It's like these two stuffed animals are having conflict and this one's pushing or pulling their hair or cutting them or doing this or whatever the complaints are that are going on in your home. A great way to teach this is indirectly through the stuffed animals, through the puppets. And if they're older, a great way to teach this indirectly is with something that you're working with in your house or in your life, in your personal life, and with your spouse, or with a friend, or with a sister, or with a brother, or with someone on the street. If someone cuts you off, you can practice saying, stop, I don't like that. How do I say that so I'm not in this aggressive, strong, honk my horn, flip you off energy, but I'm also not doing it in a, we call it the cold voice, of stop, I don't like that, the whiny Whitney voice. We don't wanna be whiny Whitney and we also don't wanna be Benny Bully. We wanna be Goldilocks right in the middle. And so modeling for our kids with stuffed animals or when you're on the road or when you're working with your spouse or even with your dog, you can do it with things that are inanimate. Like if you drop a dish, you can actually create these role play situations and they don't really have to be something that is really bothering you. You can act it up. You could be putting away the dishes and drop all the plastic bowls. 
and see what does mommy do when she's frustrated? You can make these things up, these scenarios. It doesn't mean you're lying. You're creating these teachable moments. Believe me, there will be many, many teachable moments throughout your day-to-day. If you're not having those teachable moments, then you can create them. You could create them with, this happened to me when I was your age. It was really hard for me. Not, it was really hard for me. Here, look at me. Look what I did. Now you need to go do the same thing. It's more of a dialogue, more of a conversation. Our podcast, I want it to be plug and play where you can teach these things to your kids so then they have a tool from their tool belt. And then you can also use these same tools in your tool belt. Please stop. I don't like that. I would teach my first graders. This is something very empowering that I want you to try saying, at least if you have a problem with tattling in your house, try saying this three times before you come tell the teacher. We also had another saying in our classroom called ask three before me. Meaning if you're having a problem, not so much a conflict with another student, but if you can't get the headphones to work on your computer, ask three before me, meaning ask yourself, ask a friend, And then maybe ask the computer, meaning like, what could I do if this computer was a real person? Again, everything's make-believe. So ask three before me. So I wanted my students to be super resourceful and I wanted them to be super respectful and I wanted them to be super responsible. At Naples Park, we had something called the three R's, respect, responsibility, and resourcefulness. And so ask three before me was a great way to empower the child when they're having problems with the computer to look within for the answers, or to their neighbor, which is fine, or to the computer and get creative, get curious, not furious, instead of always coming to me as the teacher, because I'm over in the reading group. I had a little Hawaiian lei that I wore around my neck, and that Hawaiian lei represented, you don't come up to Ms. Hutchison and ask her a question about the computer unless it is an emergency and you've exhausted all opportunities. So when they would come to me and say, I can't get my headphones to work, I'd say, did you ask three before me? So you want to give your kids these skills, and it's different for every child. These are things that worked in the classroom, and they were kind of like tools that I used in my tool belt, and I would teach to my kids and my students and my own two kids, but it doesn't mean that you have to do it exactly like that. I want you to get your own spice and flavor because as a teacher, they give you the curriculum and then you take that curriculum and you add your own spice and flair and you make it your own. So I pray and hope that our podcast, you take what I talk about from my experiences, you put it into your heart and then you make it your own because that's when you're gonna have authority over it versus being stuck in the moment going, oh geez, what'd Kelly say? Was it stop, I don't want that, stop, I don't like that, stop, I don't need that, stop, I don't, what was that catchphrase? Create your own catchphrases. And when you come from a place of curiosity and not being so furious, then you can get more creative and make it your own because these children don't belong to you, they belong to something much bigger than you, whatever you believe. And so when I was in the classroom, I was never triggered. I was never reactive because these students didn't belong to me. They belonged to Bob and Susie. And so I wanted to teach first graders. I wanted to give them life skills and life hacks. If someone's pulling on your hair, how are we going to say, stop, I don't like that three times, not stop, I don't like that, stop, I don't like that, stop, I don't like that before we go tell the teacher, but please stop, I don't like that is the way you want to say it. So I would have kids come up to the front of the room. Again, I'm not pointing out any child. I'm not saying, look what Susie did. And now we're going to put Susie in the limelight. We're going to talk about this to death. And we're going to just going to have everybody tune out. I just brought up different scenarios of what they might be dealing with while they're sitting at their desk, while they're on the playground, while they're standing in line, while they're in the cafeteria, 
Because if we don't teach our kids these things, then they get in trouble for not knowing these things. It's kind of like giving them a spelling test on Friday, but never giving them the words and then never teaching them strategies on how to remember different ways to spell words. So we have to teach them strategies. So always be thinking about what is a strategy that you use in your life so you can teach it to your kids, not directly, but teach it indirectly. How can we teach this indirectly? Now, there's lots of ways to teach things indirectly. You can do it through role modeling, when it's another car, another person, another story you're talking about. You can do it through direct role modeling, where you're sitting on the rug, you're sitting on the ground with puppets, with stuffed animals. You can do it where the people are the role models. Like I would bring the students up and I would pretend someone was pulling someone else's hair and they thought it was so funny. And it was all very light and fluffy. No one's getting hurt. No one's getting their hair pulled for real. But in that moment, the child would get their hair pulled and then I'd say, okay, now we're gonna do non-examples. This is key. Teaching our kids is important of what to do, but we also wanna teach them what not to do. So kids learn from examples, yes, but they also learn from non-examples just as much. So for example, with the hair pulling, having two children come up to the front of the class and say, okay, now, Bobby, you're gonna pull Susie's hair. And Susie, with your whiny Whitney voice, you're gonna say, stop, I don't like that. So then Bobby would pull Susie's hair. Susie would turn around and say, stop, I don't like that. And then we would ask the class, now what do you think's gonna happen with Bobby? What do you think Bobby's gonna do? Or what do you think that's gonna, do you think that's gonna help? Do you think that's gonna hurt? Opening up discussion of what do you think that's gonna do? Do you think that's gonna help Susie or hurt Susie? Not hurt physically, but do you think that's gonna help her case or hurt her case? And then we have another example. Okay, we're gonna do another non-example. Now we're gonna do it in a super bossy Betty, Benny Bully voice. So then the hair pull happens, everyone's giggling, everyone's snickering, I'm laughing. It's all very light and fluffy. So the kids know that this is just pretend, but they can use those skills for real life. Just like we teach them how to read, we teach them tons of strategies. So the hair gets pulled, this could happen on stuffed animals. You could pull the hair and then with your strongest Benny Bully, who wants to be Benny Bully? And if kids are freaking out, dying to be Benny Bully. Because kids have both inside of them so that when they can see, like it's almost like they have the good choice, bad choice on each shoulder. We all have good choice, bad choice on each of our shoulders at all times. So it's not like we're above children or we're better than them. Like we have good choice, bad choice on our shoulders all the time. And so when kids can see the bad choices played out, it's very fun for them because it helps normalize it that yes, they made a bad choice, but it doesn't mean they're a bad child or a bad human or a bad soul. We make mistakes, but you aren't a mistake. That's what we're teaching them over and over and over through examples and non-examples and showing them about B minus. So then the hair gets pulled and then they turn around. They're like, stop, I like that. And of course it's very loud. It's very strong. So we raise our hand. Think that was gonna work? You think that's not gonna work? Let's open the discussion. Then we practice with the calm, assertive energy voice. Please stop, I don't like that. What we taught the kids was when you hear someone say, please stop, I don't like that, you know they mean business. You know that this prank isn't happening anymore. This is not fun for them. Like if you're having fun, it's fun for both of you. But when someone uses those words, those are very serious and strong words. It was almost like a code word of like, you've gone too far. Even today, we're leaving the movies. There's fun, catchy tune in the movie. I can't think of it right now. We saw Boss Baby. And it was so fun and catchy. And I kept singing it. I kept singing it. I kept singing it. And Grady was getting annoyed, but he was like kind of annoyed, but not really annoyed. And then I said, Grady, what do you do when someone's bothering you and you want them to stop? You can do two things. You can ignore them, but if it's not working, 
he was giving me a big reaction like, oh my, you can't be doing that song again. I see you're feeding right into it. I'm loving this. I'm acting like Benny Bully right now. And then I would do it again. I was like, you have two choices here. You can ignore it and pretend like it doesn't bother you because then it takes all my power away. But every time you flip out, I get a little like, and we were, it was very light and fluffy. It was very funny. But in that moment, I was like, here's Benny Bully coming at you in a light and fluffy. I'm singing a jingle. Everything's NBD, no big deal. I'm not sitting him down. We're gonna, he's 10 now. He's not going to sit on the ground and do stuffed animals with me. But I was trying to teach him indirectly of how to stand up for yourself when someone's doing something that you don't like. And I can be the person that's doing something that you don't like. So then he was ignoring me. And I'm like, this isn't any fun now. Oh, you're not, you're not giving me any. And he's like smiling and trying not to smile. I'm like, oh, that's so annoying. You're not like giving me the. And so then I kept doing it. He's like, please stop. I don't like that. I'm like, boom, done, over. That was awesome, Grady. You didn't use your whiny Whitney voice. You didn't use your Benny Bully voice. He, well, he's, he's like, it is pretty annoying. I'm like, I know. I annoy myself sometimes. So we can teach our kids through light and fluffy and everything's NBD. If they're real little, then you want to get the magical fairy, princess, unicorns, action figures, whatever it is, you know when you've caught that child. And caught meaning you've caught their attention. Because lessons are always caught and they're rarely taught. So sitting them down, the car talks, the post meltdown talk, the post tantrum talk, the post hit my sister talk, the post hit my brother talk, those you can still do. They're just not that effective for the long game. It might feel better to get it off your chest and make them apologize, maybe write a note, all that stuff. That's all gonna be well and good. But during calm waters, that's when you're gonna get the most powerful lessons and the most powerful things taught to children. And this is true for first graders, fifth graders, if you have one child, if you have five kids, those indirect conversations and those indirect examples, whether you're walking to the car, you drop the stuff in the kitchen, you do a pulling the hair, role-playing, that is when you're going to teach the most and teaching kids what to say and what to do when things don't go their way. Ask three before me, that's more if they're stuck in a jam. So they're not always coming up to you to open up the Gatorade bottle or they're not always coming up to you to tie your shoes. Did you ask three before me? And ask three doesn't always mean ask three people, but did you ask yourself three questions? And you do that over and over and over. And then you can also model for them when you ask three before me, oh, I really can't figure out how to hang this picture, but I need to ask three before me. You're talking out loud. You're playing it up. You're kind of an actress in your own life and you're teaching them about life through thinking out loud. Not, I can't hang this picture. What do I do? Oh my goodness, freaking out. Come over here. I want to teach you a lesson. It's like, oh, I can't hang this picture. It's so hard because it's not going into the, the nails and going to the wall like I thought it was. So I need to ask three before me. And you can even ask, if they're older, you can ask them for help as far as like, who should I ask? What should I do? Should I ask Google? Should I ask Alexa? I need to ask myself first. So we're always thinking and talking out loud so they can hear that mindset behind how you solve problems. Because if we're having a hard time hanging a picture, they're gonna have the same hard time when their headphones don't work or their Alexa doesn't work. And that ask three before me empowers them to be resourceful. And then of course, when you hear them doing that or you see them using those words, stop, I don't like that, you reinforce, 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 reinforce. And then you can also do the stop, I don't like that with them. And then they know like, oh, and you can model for them. Please stop it on like that with your assertive voice. We were playing catchphrase the other day and the buzzer was still laying on the table and Grady just kept going, bzz, bzz, bzz. I'm like, can you not do that? Because that really, ooh, that hurts my ears and my misophonia. And he kept doing it and kept doing it. And I was like, please stop it on like that. And he's like, okay, done. Because those are words that you want to use in the times when the times that they're most effective. So it's almost like that's our language to each other. 
but you can teach them that language through role-playing, in the kitchen, walking to the car, when you're driving, when your spouse makes you upset. Most learning is done through that indirect teaching, not so much in the direct teaching. I wish it was direct teaching. I wish we could have the talks and the lectures and the heart-to-hearts and the knees-to-knees, and they would just be like, yes, mommy, you're right. You were right about all of it. I think I should be a better listener. I think I should stop hitting my brother. I think I should stop spitting on my sister. I think I should X, Y, Z. That would be amazing. If that was the case, I would have a whole podcast directed to that. I have just found that that doesn't really work. And then we end up feeling frustrated because we feel like we're talking to the wall. So I'm always trying to think of what will help you breed more connection Teach them strategies and skills, just like we teach them strategies and skills with reading, writing, math, tying their shoes, cleaning up their room. Are we teaching them first before we are freaking out that they don't know how to do it? It goes back to the spelling test. They're not going to do well on the spelling test on Friday if they're not given the words on Monday, given time to study and practice, given lots of time to mess up the words, and then given strategies, mnemonic devices, how to figure out this word. Oh, this word's hard. How can we figure this out? This is what helped me. What helps you? Oh, that works for you. That doesn't work for me. Okay, let's see what works for you. What's what? And so we're always coming from this place of curiosity versus do it this way because I said so, because that's how we're going to get our kids to shut down. And when they're shut down and they're in the hoodie with the headphones on, not a lot of learning and connection goes. And when you have connection, you have cooperation. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really wanna fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was. What was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening? I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.